Hello everyone, and welcome to the show where the psychosis is so close you can taste it. My name is Christy. And my name is Illumide. And this is the Big Empty Purse Podcast. I've just been at home doing my paint by numbers trying to stave off the minty bee, like... <laughs> <laughs> So, Olivide, what have you been up to since the last episode? Absolutely nothing. I, I've been on this, um, I don't know what it is. It might be my old age, but <laughs> I have this gnawing itch that I want to replace everything. Hmm. I want to replace my entire wardrobe. I want to replace everything. I just, I, I want everything gone and I want everything replaced. And uh, <laughs> my wallet is like, no. And you know what I realized in that sidebar? You know what I fucking realized is there is no in-between. In terms of options for clothing, mm -hmm. if you want good quality, it's hard to find. And if you find it, it is extremely expensive. Anything mm -hmm. that's affordable is garbage. Yes. And I'm like, I shouldn't have to spend $300 for a cardigan. If you buy a cardigan for $50, guaranteed garbage. <laughs> so I'm like, isn't there like a middle ground where you maybe spend $80 and it's okay? No, it doesn't exist. And I was like, okay, maybe places like Banana Republic would occupy that space. Mm, sure, maybe, but like whatever so i literally went through a rolodex of me thinking about which brands would occupy that space where it's affordable and it's really good quality i couldn't come up with a single goddamn one zara and uh <laughs> banana republic came to mind but not really so i was just like wow and then i was like okay how about for furniture there is no furniture place that's like it's either the bullshit you get on amazon or ikea shout out to amazon ikea by the way this is not me being bougie because everything here is amazon and ikea it is what it is yeah. i'm poor but there's nothing in between like amazon and ikea and fucking rick owens or <laughs> it's either you get a 700 or 1000 dollars couch or you get a 15 thousand dollar couch <laughs> and if you find it for a thousand five hundred it's $700 couch that somebody else marked up. We are out here suffering. Anyway, <laughs> besides the point, that's been really annoying me because I, I just, I want to be able to just start afresh, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. So the other thing I did is um, while I was trying not to spiral, I decided to start watching White Lotus because a few people recommended that I watch it. And I have to say, if you are one of the people who recommended I watch White Lotus, I'm calling you a raggedy bitch right now. <laughs> you know who you are. All of you. You all know who you are. You are all, each and every one of you, a raggedy bitch. Huh. What didn't you like about it? I've heard, I mean, I, all I've seen is memes, but every meme is like, if you are a queer person, you are missing out on everything cultural right now by not watching White Lotus and Jennifer Coolidge is God. And the second take, regardless of White Lotus, I agree with. But what, what about the show is not... <laughs> First of all, I stand Jennifer Coolidge. She is the one. She's the icon. She's the moment. Now, come on now. But everything about that show is... This show may have been interesting 20 years ago. Hmm. 2023, uh-uh. You showing suggested gay sex on TV <laughs> is not groundbreaking. Let's leave that to the side. That's not groundbreaking. That's just clickbait for the sake of people having something to talk about in your show. That's what that is because it didn't advance the plot at all. One, mm. and two, this is a spoiler. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna come out and say, one of the main characters who has idolized his father as being the macho, most heroic, person of all time he's now a dad to his own kids but his dad died when he was much younger right and he believes his dad died of cancer so he's having this crisis moment where he thinks he has cancer and he's waiting for his doctor to call him back and the doctor calls him back and says oh you don't have cancer but before the doctor confirms he doesn't have cancer oh 
I didn't put a spoiler alert. So actually, I did. Okay. He was saying previously of, oh, I think this is cancer because my dad died of cancer. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm going to go. I don't even know what kind of cancer he died of. Let me call my uncle to see if he knows. So he called his uncle and he's like, oh, my dad died of cancer. Which cancer was it? And the uncle was like, your dad didn't die of cancer. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, he didn't have cancer. He's like, what did he die of? You know where this is going. You know exactly where this yeah. is going. He said your dad died of AIDS. Yeah. Okay. So now this man is spiraling because he doesn't know how to feel about his father. Not because his dad died of AIDS and may have suffered towards the end of his life, but because his dad may have gotten AIDS by having sex with other men and his dad might have been gay. So his whole internal turmoil now is my dad used to be this macho hero and now he might be gay. I don't know how to feel about that. Hmm. Do you see how problematic that can be? Yeah, that does feel very like 90s. Yeah, so like I was watching the show, like the writers could have written a better character plot. Like, he could have been yeah. more upset about, oh, why didn't my dad feel comfortable sharing this with me? I feel like mm-hmm. I may have understood because I'm an accepting person. But he was upset mm-hmm. that he just didn't know that his dad was yeah. gay. And now he doesn't know how to feel. I'm like, who wrote this? Who fucking <laughs> wrote this? And then the rest of the show was really slow. You know how like most of those European movies have like a slow burn where everything is just absurd in real time? There's no like big grand scenes it's just everything is kind of like almost normal everyday life but there's just a twist in the end of they were trying to do that but there was no twist there was nothing interesting Hmm. there's a character whose whole fucking thing for the whole season was the fact that he paid for a hotel room and he didn't get that hotel room so he was gonna hound the fucking hotel manager for the room that he paid for he didn't get and he was just an asshole that was it no depth nothing to this character every Hmm. single one of the characters were one-dimensional including Jennifer Coolidge's character. Hmm. And she did a great job at it, even though it was one-dimensional. But I was sitting there like, what am I supposed to be getting here? I'm not getting it. So, yeah, y'all are raggedy bitches. Don't recommend this bullshit to me ever again. I'm going to kick somebody's ass. This is not a good show. However, Christy, please, if you choose to watch it, I would like to hear your take. (laughs) I just, I really was upset that I wasted my time. And I watched that shit on 2x speed, and I still feel like I wasted time. (laughs) We'll see how much time I feel like wasting, but I may just stick with the memes. (laughs) Anyway, what have you been up to since the last episode? Nothing. I was trying to think, like, I must have done something. Must have done something interesting. But I think all of my plans since the last episode have either been cancelled because of other people's physical health problems or my own mental health problems. Hey. <laughs> so, it's been a dry spell for anything interesting. Ah. I've just been at home doing my paint-by-numbers trying to stave off the Minty B. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Menti B. I'm screaming. I'm stealing that. A mental breakdown being called a Menti B. That's the one. That's the one. (laughs) I can't take credit for it, but yeah. At least I haven't been both sick and... I was about to say. Going through the the mental health struggles. Like, that's, you know... uh, Blessing. small blessings yes yes because <laughs> everyone else seems to be getting sick so i'm i'm quite happy to not have that but if my brain could get it together that would be well sending your thoughts yes. and also prayers the only content i have consumed is a single episode of a show which normally i'll wait until i've watched a few episodes of a show to talk about it on the podcast so i have a decent idea but i decided to abandon this after one episode so i may as well talk about it <laughs> <laughs> oh it must be horrible oh 
god. The thing is, it's... Okay, so I didn't really know what it was going in. So maybe people who actually, like, bother to look anything up would know this. But the show is called Oats Studio. And what I read that it was was a horror anthology series. There's episodes, and each episode is a different little horror story. Cool. I love horror. I like anthologies usually. I didn't know any more than that. And I'm watching the first episode, and it's, like, Sigourney Weaver's in it. Like, there's this setting up this really interesting, like, aliens that have landed on Earth and, like, completely taken it over, and humans are, like, dying out and oppressed and like this group of humans who are trying to take back the planet and like they're setting it up and all of a sudden after about 25 minutes it just ends i'm sorry what it just ends like mid like that's the pilot so we were like what what is what is that what 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 did we just watch because whatever it was was good but confusing so bad we were like we feel like we just watched an extremely long trailer for a movie that we'd like to watch Except the movie doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is this show. But the whole thing was like set up, which was really cool and interesting. But as it turns out, that's essentially what it is. We went and looked it up. Yeah, no, it's so Oat Studio is uh, run by Neil Bloomkamp who is the director, was the director of District 9, among other things, which is an excellent movie. Like, I love District 9. But apparently this project literally is like a sort of movie studio. But instead of making the full movie, the idea is like, it's like make a little, like like an extended trailer and like pilot test, like would people like to see this movie? I sort of understand in theory, except they did, the setup was really cool. I was like, yes, I would love to see this movie, but now it doesn't exist and it probably will never exist. And if it does exist, it'll be years. Like why would I want to watch a bunch of trailers for movies that probably won't exist? See, somebody thought this was a good idea. They were like, this is groundbreaking. This is next level. We're going to win Emmys for this. You know, somebody thought that. Oh yeah. We're just going to edge everybody. And see what happens. <laughs> Truly. And I like, it, I was so confused at first because like, while I was watching it, I was genuinely enjoying it. So when I got to the end, I was so confused. I was like, I feel like I liked this show, but now I'm just like, I do feel like I've been edged. And apparently that would happen to me every episode. I was like, so I had to, I had to abandon it. I don't understand. I don't understand how that's a thing. Yeah. It was so yeah. high budget too. Like. Are you serious? Oh my God. Yeah. They must've put so much money into this. Like the act. Like, some A-list actors, like, these crazy intricate special effects. Like, I, I don't want to... I wonder I wonder if it is anywhere, like, how much it costs to produce. When I tell you, Netflix stays spending money on some dumb shit. The, I don't believe anything Netflix has spent money on in the last four or five years has been worth it. Are we going to play a game today? Are we going to play a game today? Yes, we are. We are going to play some trivia. I hope it'll go better than our weeks have gone, because yikes. <laughs> All right, trivia question number one. In which sport are the terms stale fish and mule kick used? Mule kick seems like a either hockey. It's an aggressive sport. If it's not roller derby, it's yeah. hockey or something. These, these sound like aggressive terms, don't they? They do. Hockey's not a bad call. Stale fish sounds like something dumb and Canadian. Mm. Rugby? Because like I feel like a mule kick rugby, would be, yeah. or whatever, like any kind of kick would be legal in hockey. Because aren't there... Yeah, because they have blades on their feet, so it probably isn't hockey. Maybe it is rugby. I wouldn't think they could kick either. Oh, right, right, right. That's a good point. I don't want to think further. My brain is tired. I'll just stay with water polo. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that is that is fair. But also, I will take any of the sports we have mentioned up until this point. Oh, yes. Any sport whose name we have mentioned will count. I'm going to take rugby just because they seem to like whimsical things. Okay, in which sport are the terms stale fish and mule kick used? The answer is snowboarding. Snowboarding, snowboarding is a sport? Uh, okay, I guess so. let's move along. Look, I, I don't even have the energy to be upset today. Are people just no. calling leisure activity sport? You know what? All right. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's in the Olympics. 
right? It's in the yeah, it's in the Olympics now. So which one is but. snowboarding, right? That's the one where you just it's like a skateboard, but instead of a skateboard, yeah. it's just a snowboard. You just yes, so it's like a single board that both your feet are attached to. So it's skiing like with one board, like not two. Kinda, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Who are you kicking? And why fish? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess if it's like skateboarding, like you. Like the kick oh, I can, I, like, okay, okay, okay. The the mule kick makes sense because you can just do one of those jazz hands jump where you... <laughs> jazz hands jump? <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> we didn't get that point, but maybe we'll get the next one. No, we did not. Okay, this is slightly more in our wheelhouse. Okay. Lady Gaga derived her stage name from a song performed Radio by Radio Gaga band. Queen. Come on. Next. Yes. Okay, <laughs> yes. Thank you. I was like, I was like Radio Gaga, but I could not remember who. It is Queen. It's yes. Queen. Oh, yes. I didn't even wait for you to finish the question. I was just like, Radio yeah. Gaga Queen. Lady Gaga derived her stage name from a song performed by Queen. Yes, Queen's 1984 song, Radio Gaga. Hey. Ah. Guys, if you don't know the band Queen or any, or any of their works, do yourself a favor. Go listen to Queen. I think just about everyone knows Queen. But like, right. one, if you haven't like sat and listened to them, you'll go through and be like, oh, right, I forgot that song was Queen. Like, oh, that song is Queen yeah. too. Like, so many bangers are all Queen. And like, so many of their like lesser known things are all they're all so good like trivia question number three the nordstrom family formerly owned which nfl team this is not in my wheelhouse my dear me neither i didn't know nordstrom was a family i mean i'm not surprised but like i didn't know that right i didn't know is macy a family like macy's maybe it is maybe i know the nfl but i don't i've never heard about the nordstrom family owning if it's an east coast company i'll just guess an east coast sports team the nets knicks high five (laughs) Shout out to Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. People, people will own real random sports franchises, though. Like, so random. Like, whichever one happens to be for sale, then. It's like, when rich people have nothing to do with their money, they're like, all right, I'll just go buy a sports team, I guess. Because mm-hmm. what on earth does Nordstrom have to do with NFL teams? I'm just going to say a New York team. A team that has formerly been associated with New York. Because Nordstrom just seems like a, a New York there's two New York NFL teams, which is the Giants and the Jets. And the Giants have been owned by the same family for, like, ever. I don't know who owns the Jets. Because New York is not a bad guess. I have no clue. I have no no idea. I'm just going to say um, a New York team. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, just guessing a West Coast team just for balance. It's maybe the Rams. They were they used to be Los Angeles, then they moved to St. Louis. Then they moved back to Los Angeles recently. But Yeah, I, I'm not confident we're going to get this one right. But I'm hoping no. it's a New York team. No, I can name all of the NFL teams, and I can rule out a few because I know they've been owned by the same family for ages. Like, the Steelers have been owned by the Rooney family forever. The Giants have been owned by the Morrow family forever. The Packers are somehow, like, collectively owned by a bunch of people. So, like, I could narrow it down to, like, 25 teams. <laughs> and past that, it's an utter shot in the dark. <laughs> mm. So I'm going to say the Rams. All right. The Nordstrom family formerly owned which NFL team? The answer is the Seattle Seahawks. From 1974 to 1988. I honestly don't care. I'm going to forget this. I don't even know who the Hawks are. Seahawks. Look, yeah, I'm not upset I got this one wrong because we got this information will do me no good any other time in my life. Well, thank goodness for Lady Gaga. Thank you, Lady Gaga, for keeping us from completely striking out on this trivia. Shout out to Ms. Ga. (laughs) Oh, by the way, did you see that she's going to be like, um, isn't she supposed to be a superhero coming up? No. For what? Isn't she supposed to be playing like Harley Quinn or something? Yeah, she's playing Harley Quinn. Oh, I love that for her. So the topic we'll be discussing today is woke culture, because apparently we're tired of doing the podcast and want to get canceled. Hey. (laughs) Let's dive right in with a little book report. So 
The phrase stay woke is actually a pretty old one, um, originated in the 1930s, being woke or staying woke just meant staying aware of social and political issues affecting African Americans. So that's the community that the term originated in as early as the 1930s, and that's where it was used up until the 2010s. And people started using it for a broader range of like awareness of social issues. So sexism, queer issues, cultural appropriation, on and on and on. It sort of became a byword from any kind of leftist politics and now is used liberally. (laughs) Fun intended, but it's sort of become its whole own thing, regardless of its origins. I'll go on the record and say that we do need woke culture because a lot of a lot of the atrocities of America have gone on for so long because the people who benefit from it don't want it changed. And the people who suffer from it don't go out of their way to acknowledge it. So it just continues to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to acknowledge. Like if you see some bullshit, be like, okay, actually, this is some bullshit. We need to do something about this. So that's very important. I'll say that on the record. But what do you think are the main criticisms of woke culture? I'll go first, I guess. We the left. And I would count myself more left than right. I think there's a lot of hypocrisy in woke culture. And if you just look at any of the new teen TV dramas, it's cringy because it's almost like a parody of what woke really is at this point. People go out of their way. Oh, this is a good example. Somebody will take up a a mantle for a cause that doesn't affect them. They haven't really taken the time to understand fundamentally what it's about, but They want to be part of the people who can be self-righteous. So they will go to bat on this issue. And when you ask them, what about this issue? They can't tell you. A good example is, you remember when Derek Barry went on that panel? You know where I'm going with this. And Derek sat there and was like, people, the kids don't know anything about Stonewall. People died in Stonewall. And Willem was like, nobody died in Stonewall. And Derek was like, wait, what? Nobody died in Stonewall? Like, that's that's the kind of attitude that I see. And I'm just like... Mm -hmm. Even you don't know what this is about. Like, don't be high and mighty on your righteous. You know what? It's not that deep. It's not that deep. So that's the bullshit. And also, like, the lack of empathy. So say, for instance, and this is, look, I want to say this very carefully because this is probably the hill I'm likely to die on. I think we need to hold the people who benefit from the oppressive systems in the United States. We need to hold them accountable. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we need to hold them responsible for establishing those systems they're accountable for benefiting from them yes but say for instance if a white person is prejudiced it could easily be construed as racist because they have the privilege but i don't think that makes them automatically evil yes they are inherently prejudiced and maybe even sometimes racist but most of them the systems that they're benefiting from they don't even fully understand it so as long as they are willing to acknowledge and be accountable for it I don't think we should vilify them. So what I'm saying for that is we need to have empathy for them. And you know who I really have empathy for? The people who are supposed to benefit from these systems. But for some reason, they they don't. The people who believe in some form of white supremacy who are white and don't understand that their political affiliations are exploiting them without mm-hmm. giving them any benefit. And let me put this in plain English. The poor white folk who think being Republican makes you better than those who aren't Republican, I have empathy for you. Because the legislature that's going in doesn't benefit you. Yes, you are white, but you are also very poor. Mm -hmm. These things hurt you. So you're voting against your own self-interest. I think 
I have empathy for those people. Like as much as they are probably the most racist people I will ever come across, I'm like, you are suffering and you don't even know you're suffering all because you want to claim that you're supreme. So I feel like, but the, the woke person would be like, oh, fuck them. They are racist. Fuck them. I'm like, yeah, fuck them for real because they're stupid, but I'm empathetic. I'm like, oh, geez, y'all really don't know what this is about, do you? Those are the two things I would criticize of the woke culture. Both of the things you said, I agree that there's, these are really complex issues and it leaves nothing for gray area. Like mm -hmm. as much as like, like cancel culture is such a ridiculous word because some people like do deserve to lose things that they didn't earn or that they like no longer deserve. But like, but there's, there's so much gray area and there is very little empathy. Right. And it's amazing what, What's the thing that's like never attribute to malice? What can be explained by stupidity? I forget the phrase, but like I'll call him out as an example. So my dad, bless his heart, he is a Republican. He disagreed with a lot of the like Trump politics, but like more than anything, he lives under a rock. And like years after Black Lives Matter really like became a, a big deal and in the news a lot, he was telling me something. He was like, I got in trouble and like somebody got angry at me on Facebook. I like was confused by something they posted about Black Lives Matter. And I said, don't all lives matter? And they got really angry at me. And I was like, well, yeah, dad, like that's like the phrase used to shut down Black Lives Matter. And he didn't realize that. He didn't, he apparently had never like heard it as like the counter phrase to Black Lives Matter. And so in his mind, he just like hadn't really processed it and was like, wait, don't all lives matter? And then, like, people, I mean, somewhat rightfully, like, got really angry at him because that is a, like, right. very weaponized phrase. But it was literally coming out of, he was saying it out of ignorance. Once he explained, like, once I explained to him what it was and, like, he had no idea that it was, like, a thing. Yeah, they're getting skewed versions of stories. They're getting incomplete information. They're acting on that and their actions are hurting people and perpetuating harmful systems. So, like, there's a lot of gray area and woke culture doesn't right. leave anything for gray area and empathy. But yeah. it's but it's hard to talk about complicated stuff like this. Th that's what I'm saying. It's very difficult because this is the other thing I'm going to say, right? I think with the Black Lives Matter phrase, right, mm -hmm. there is a privilege that comes with not understanding why that phrase is not problematic. Mm -hmm. And that is the problem. Yep. 90%, if not 99.999% of every black person over the age of 21 in this country has had some issue somewhere with law enforcement. Mm -hmm. I don't know that statistic for sure, but I'm black. I know. And I, by the way, I moved to this country well into my teens. Mm -hmm. So, and I know a few black people. I can't point to a single one who hasn't had an issue. Yeah. So if I hear me as a black person, if I've never heard the phrase black lives matter before, and I hear it for the first time, my instinct isn't all lives matter. My instinct is, mm -hmm. oh, I know why they're saying it because, and the reason they're saying that is disproportionately the lives that are being brutalized by the hand of law enforcement is black lives, which is why we're drawing attention to black lives. It's not that we have diminished all lives. It's just the one that's dispropor disproportionately being oppressed is the one we draw attention to. It's kind of like stop Asian hate. Do you know how many minority groups suffer hate crime? Many. But when they say stop Asian hate, they don't mean continue hate for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's, yeah. if you if you have the privilege and you don't check it, you hear a phrase like that, be like, oh, why are we only stopping Asian hate? Mm -hmm. So it's that privilege that you have to acknowledge that way when a phrase like that comes across, you don't correct it because there is nothing to correct. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. but, I, but I think explaining that to someone who may have that privilege and may not have acknowledged it is the empathy. Mm -hmm. Now, and I have to say this, the counter aspect of that is black people in this country don't owe excess empathy to anybody. No. They also don't owe them explaining 
like it's the onus is on everybody to learn this shit like and black mm-hmm. people are not responsible for teaching it they have been the subject of the oppressed for several centuries yeah they, now you don't want to give them the work to uh-uh. i mean they're doing yeah. the work because they don't have a choice and by they i mean we like the choice is yeah. you the, the work has to be done so somebody has to do it so the person who's suffering the most is probably going to be the one who is more incentivized to do the work doesn't mean that yeah. they are responsible or obliged to do the work a lot of it comes down to ignorance and like ignorance is a privilege like it is a privilege to be able to be ignorant and so it like you can't use ignorance as just an excuse and like white people especially white people who like want to say they're woke are the ones who should like be doing this kind of education but because a lot of woke culture is exactly what you said it's not people who are informed it's just people who are like loud about it they're not actually educating they're just alienating i usually err on the side of and i'm not a fucking martyr for this because sometimes i don't even have the fucking patience i, I like to treat everybody like they're a moron because that's not far from the truth <laughs> right yeah because i i don't want to assume that you're evil I'm just going to assume that you're stupid. Yeah. So if you come at me with some bullshit, I'm like, first of all, you may not be aware, but that's actually very inappropriate or it's incorrect. And I'm like, in case you don't know, this is why that's the case. Because I just assume that person is stupid. I don't assume that person is evil. Now, if I continue to correct you and you are A, not willing to get it or B, not willing to accept it and you double down, then you're evil. Most of the people that I've met that I remain friends with, you call it out and they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Or oh shit, what does that mean X? And then they, the dialogue continues from there. And I'm like, okay, they were just not informed. They were ignorant before. Now we can work together to get them up to speed. That's not saying I know everything about everything. When I tell you my unpopular opinions and brave yet <laughs> controversial, I am I, st- <laughs> I stay the queen of saying some problematic shit. <laughs> That's the lane that I stay in. This is like not even a morality debate. <laughs> that episode is coming. But in any society you look at, the people who are likely to have the greatest sense of morality are the oppressed Mm -hmm. because they they don't have a choice there's this lady on was it tiktok she was explaining how her parents were divorced when she was a kid in the 70s or 80s black lady and she would always spend summers with her dad and the rest of the year with her mom so her parents would put her on a plane by herself and send her back and forth wherever she had to go to her dad or her mom and they're always they would always remind her if you ever feel unsafe no matter where you are find a black woman Every black person understands this. Mm. So the black woman has so much love, so much empathy, and I think maybe the most morally upright person in this country. They're the ones who are going to tell you the truth. They are the ones who are going to, without knowing who the fuck you are, where you've come from, what you're doing there, they will first show you love. If you see black women in droves voting a very specific way on a very specific issue, Pay attention to it because they have peeped some bullshit that the rest of us are still yet to see. They have seen it a mile <laughs> okay. away. Honestly, when you talk to black women, they 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 understand what's happening before most other people do. Oh, yeah. And that a lot of woke culture, instead of actually being like it's meant to address like social and political issues and instead it is just performative. Like it's they're they're talking about whatever thing is going to make the biggest splash and they're not they're talking about it for like personal gain instead of actually doing something about it. Like it takes so much credibility away from people who are genuinely trying to do this work. You know, you post on Twitter like strawberries are my favorite fruit and someone will be like, well, have you ever even considered mangoes like you didn't even discuss them? And is that because they're from this continent? And like, but like, (laughs) which is like ridiculous, but people will like, because it gets them more attention will, Mm -hmm. if not necessarily fully fabricate things, just like take, take the hottest, furthest take they can. And like, some people just, I mean, it's, it's, it's attention seeking, first of all, but also it's just swinging off the rim (laughs) because nobody asked you causing dissent for the sake of it. So you can draw attention to yourself. It's useless. And the other thing is with respect to how performative is, 
If you go on any of the dating apps and you see a profile of a white person who makes a point in their bio to acknowledge that they are with the Black Lives Matter movement and they care very deeply about social justice, you need to avoid that white person. <laughs> because I don't see the reason for you to... Like, I understand if you're a white person and you just want to make sure that people understand with you they have a safe space and they can discuss all these things. But this is a written bio. In my opinion, that's performative because you can meet me in person and say, hi, I'm so, so, and so. And then like, just by our interaction, I should be able to pick up on this. But if you are screaming with a fucking megaphone, you're doing too much. And you know what I realized that some of that has, maybe not every single one, they have fetishized a very specific minority. And them advertising that they are with the cause of that minority. They want to attract that minority that they fetishized. And the easiest way to do it mm. is to put on their profile and say, hey, I'm with this cause. For those of you who are dating, try this on for size. If you see a white person who has megaphoned this bullshit on their thing, swipe right, go on a date with them and see what their Rolodex of dates have looked like. Hmm. If nine out of 10 of the last people that they've seen are your complexion and they are not your complexion, sir, get out. No, I've definitely seen that too, that they'll put it like, it's like, it's, it'll be like right at the bottom of the profile sometimes too. Like they're listing like keywords on a resume. It'll just be like Black Lives Matter, ACAB, like fuck Trump. Like, I'm like, I mean, I agree with all of those things, but like, why have you just like listed them here? <laughs> right. This is yeah. fucking Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing wrong. Like, like in pure theory, I don't have any problem with it. It's just that like when you, you pick up on a pattern very quickly of right. what kind of people put that in mm -hmm. bios. In two months, you realize that they're exploiting that cause. They actually mm -hmm. don't give a fuck. So how do privilege and race show up in woke culture? I think the, the basis of a woke culture is to draw attention to the privilege of those who have it. Because like a lot of these things that are that the woke culture is trying to address, they're all deeply rooted in racism. Actually, I'm not even going to say almost all of them. I'm pretty sure all of them are. Like if a white person says to me, oh, I'm colorblind, I'm like, oh, shut the fuck oh. up. Yeah, yeah, shut the fuck up. All of the systems that are put in place in the United States are racist. If you are just a regular person who's a black person in the U.S., Every single thing that you have to interact with for you to live your life is built to put a gun to your head. And the yeah. people who are benefiting from that gun to your head are like, we don't see the problem. Mm -hmm. It's almost like gaslighting you. Like, there is no problem. Racism oh. ended in, in oh, whatever yeah. year since we stopped Jim Crow. Then why would somebody list their house and when they know you're black, you get under uh, asking? And if you just have your white friend show up for the thing, they get like 50k over. And it's not just a one-off. It's a mm -hmm. repeated occurrence and they're like oh it's not racism okay then explain all the all of the people who've been talking about this for decades and decades they say if you ask anything that's wrong with america and continue to ask why you will eventually get to the bottom and the bottom is racism yeah like everything that's wrong with america is rooted in racism because everything that america has built on but for all of these things to be changed i think for the better first we need to get the people of privilege to at least acknowledge that hey this thing is what it is and then maybe we can be like, how can we make it more fair? And the problem here is when these issues about being woke are brought up, the reason I think white people are terrified is they, they're not only terrified of losing their privilege. I think they're terrified of a scenario where they then become the minority and they are subject to the treatment that they have now acknowledged that the current minority is facing. What was that lady, the really the really smart lady who had made, like, white lady, she made, like, social justice her life's work. And she was in a room full of white people. And she just asked a very simple question. I forget how she phrased it. She's essentially asking them, would any of you like to be black? Mm. Not a single person raised their hand. Right. Because even if they say they're colorblind and they don't see racism, they know how black people are treated in this country. 
and they don't want mm-hmm. no parts of it. Yep. And black people are not saying, oh, we want to, you know, now be the ones in power and we want to oppress everybody. I know for a fact for all the people that I know who are black, that is definitely not the case. We're just like, let's just make this shit as equal as possible. And then when a white person says they don't want that, then you know it's not a matter of equality. You summed up a lot of my thoughts really well. Um, but yeah, like at its at its core, what woke culture is like supposed to do and what a benefit of it is, is like bringing all this to the forefront and making people look at it like being like ignorance is no longer an excuse here's here's the issue and people are are doing that like you said like there's there's hard research into racism being still deeply entrenched in everything and it just compounds and compounds your chances of getting hired somewhere the money you make like every every single thing compounds and still has this huge effect on black people's lives so like there is an important piece of just like making people aware of the privilege they have as a white person and the things they don't have to deal with yeah people like not being able to like because there's there's a lot of ways that like because it can be insidious that people don't see their privilege but once you start to see it you see it everywhere the pattern is really obvious once it starts to like once it starts to come up and like so not being willing to give up privilege to make things more equal is and I mean there's a lot of ways you can't do anything except to keep making people aware but like but yeah I was I was definitely raised in the like colorblind like everyone is equal thing and like when I was a kid it totally made sense to me but like it it doesn't take that much education and awareness like I literally just talked to people who have different experiences and I was like oh like like it's not if you do even a little bit of work it's not that hard to see what's wrong with things like that Right. There, there are some parts of my life that I have to just remind myself, okay, Illuminate, you can't attribute this to racism because if I, I would spiral really quickly. I'm just like, just assume that was ignorance. Go ahead and assume it was ignorance. And when I moved to the U.S., I spoke with a very strong accent, but I still spoke the proper grammar and people would discriminate against me. How they speak does not dictate how brilliant these people are. And if what you're really after is brilliance, you need to, you need to find another metric that will let out because it's not how they look and how they speak. It's really not. Mm-hmm. And a good example of this is all the music, the mind-blowing music we have in America, disproportionately, most of that, you know where that came from? Black, Black people. people. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, but like, if you, that's what I'm saying. If you're talking about like the brilliance that it takes to create such art, a lot of this stuff, like you can tell, irritates me. Oh yeah, yeah, rightfully so. I mean, yeah. Will culture goes after cultural appropriation hard. And I have to say, I don't know if you agree, but I have no issues sharing my culture. Other minorities can speak for themselves, but I don't think people, for the most part, have an issue with sharing their culture. Everybody's very excited to share their culture. Nobody's gatekeeping. However, what's a problem in this country, which is why it is addressed this way, a black person expressing their culture is vilified and penalized, especially in corporate America, in the workplace. Black person wearing dreads, likely not going to get hired because they think they don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But that's just the culture. Meanwhile, the same white person will wear that dreads and cover of a magazine very fashionable and the problem is you reward the people who are in positions of power and then you penalize those who are not for doing the exact same shit and we're just like come on you can't do that and that's why like what culture is like cultural appropriation is a no-no you don't get to have do the same thing and get credit for it and the rest of us get shit for it Uh uh-uh we won't allow that that's a no-no but it's not because we don't want to share our culture. It's just because of what it is. I'm sure you can go to Jamaica. The person who's putting braids in them white women's hair is not a white person. Yeah, no. It's a black person who's very happy to have you wear the braids. The problem is when you get the braids and you put it on your fucking social media and you get a fucking thousand applauses, but the next person who comes along with braids who goes to a fucking work interview and they don't get hired because of the same braids, now we're like, okay, come on now. I don't want to get canceled today, but <laughs> let me just talk to my queer people for real. We need to chill. We need to chill. <laughs> I think queer people are starting to be more problematic than many other people. (laughs) (laughs) 
because there are a lot of people who commit atrocities in the name of being queer and the fact that nobody can really check them because we are just supposed to be tolerant of queer culture. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of allies who I'm just like, just go ahead and clock out for me, baby. <laughs> go ahead and clock out because we don't want you to be allies. You're doing more harm than yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And I want to say more here, but am I bold enough to say it? Fuck it. Okay. I'm looking at you motherfuckers. And by you motherfuckers, I mean the people who disguise their mental illness and call that queerness. You need to stop that. This untreated mental illness bullshit, go go to therapists, go sort that shit. Because the problem is you can literally see people who are mentally ill. They'll join the queer community and then they will blast their mental illness on the highest volume. And everybody's looking at them like, yo, you need to get help for that shit. And they're like, no, it's part of my identity. I'm like, uh. <laughs> I'm very weary of that. And I feel like because we're just forced to be tolerant of a lot of that stuff, a lot of people under their breath agree that yikes, but they can't say anything. Otherwise they get canceled. They look like the person who's homophobic or queerphobic or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you think about just a vast population of people who are agreeing that this thing is just yikes, the day the political pendulum swings, even an inch the other way, and then it's socially acceptable to do something about it, the amount of hate crime that's going to happen goes through the roof like that. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, they're going to go like repealing all the laws, all of everything, every right. Go get that shit treated. Please go see a therapist. Don't show up here, call yourself queer, and then have the people who have an issue with you have an issue with me too because you're standing next to me. It's a very selfish thing for me to say, but I mean it. Go sort that shit. That's not part of your queer identity. I'm sorry. It's not. Go over there, sort it, and then you can come back. But don't fuck it up for the rest of us. I'm sorry. I really hate that. Hmm. And now that I've canceled myself, let's talk about capitalism. (laughs) Were you the one who was telling me when you went to Pride, all of the merchandise was queered up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Like the number of companies that profit like crazy during Pride for doing absolutely nothing other than pandering. I'm actually not mad about it. I'm not mad about it when it's like when like a queer artist who does like stickers and T-shirts sells like a fuck ton of T-shirts. But like like Amazon, like Jeff Bezos does not need more money and attention from Pride. Like, but you know what, though? And that that's a two sided coin. And this is why this is delicious to me. Those same companies now that they have done this now they're on eggshells Mm. the day any of their messaging happens to be even the slightest bit homophobic when they reveal themselves i want the pendulum to hit them in the fucking face yeah this is capitalism they're playing the game just like the rest of us would if we had the opportunity they're being inclusive you may think it's silly okay well Mm -hmm. but they're catching a whole new demographic that makes them more money so they're playing the game i'm not mad about that but i do think it's funny yeah the like the flip side of that that I find so funny is when companies try and do that and just completely fuck it up. Like I'm <laughs> the classic, the Kylie Jenner Pepsi commercial where she like hands like the the, the Pepsi across the like the police, police line. Oh my god! That was god. funny. I mean, it was wild. I was like, what the fuck? I'm glad the term intersectionality has been introduced to the zeitgeist because like that, like when we get terms like that to sum up something that's more nuanced like trans women's experience and cis women's experience like it's it's because it's an intersectional experience like it's not having a word to be able to like ascribe to that concept that you're describing is helpful because otherwise like you could write like a long essay that actually like describes it well but people will pull out quotes like that and this is why like anybody who ha- who wants to discuss topics like these has to really understand it that way they can choose their words carefully and understand 
how it could seem. Like you can just come out swinging off the rim without really thinking about your, your delivery. I know I do it all the time, which is why I'm getting canceled, but you, you shouldn't. The rest of you really shouldn't. Dave Chappelle understood when people were laughing with him versus laughing at him because he realized one time he made a black joke in a room full of white people and the white people laughed in a way that wasn't what he intended. Hmm. So he was like, oh, no, 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 we can't do that anymore. Only because hmm. you have to know what you're delivering and how the people are receiving it and what they're going to do with it after you let it out. So, yeah. But you just have to be responsible for how you say what you say and what you say. Speaking of, has woke culture had an impact on comedy? I promise I didn't do that on purpose. But it has. I think for the better. Because, again, like I've said, you can always choose the hill you want to die on. <laughs> if you still want to go ahead and make uh, problematic jokes in 2022, the floor is yours. You just get canceled. Mm-hmm. You, get, you won't get away with it, but you can do it. So it has had an impact in that way. I also think that it has forced a lot of comedians to be more thoughtful about their delivery. So I think in a way it has mm-hmm. forced comedians to have better jokes, funnier jokes. Yeah. Because you can't just pander to racism to get a laugh. They have to be nuanced for them to land in 2023. Oh yeah, no, going back to like comedy movies in like they could just be like, "Ha, that's gay." And like that was that was, that a, was joke. a joke. That Yikes. was fine and that was like plenty to make people laugh. Like, what? It has made people face consequences and have to be more thoughtful. And it's also like, because there's so much more awareness of these issues now, like there's so much more material and comics, like especially comics of like oppressed identities are feasting. And I love it because like, there's enough understanding of this stuff out in the world now that they can make these nuanced jokes. And sometimes comics like will like get a concept across so much quicker and like snappier than someone who's trying to say it in a serious way. Right. Yes, exactly. So it has definitely changed comedy. I love it. I love it. Like the yeah. the stand-up specials that we're getting now are really good. And the stand-up specials that we're not getting now. <laughs> Some of the stuff I was like, I see why he said what he said, but why are the rest of you laughing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of problematic jokes can still be very funny. Yeah, that's true. They can still be fucking hilarious. But now you can't just be a raggedy bitch with the delivery. You actually have to be very nuanced. So say for instance, somebody mm-hmm. can say, oh, you can't make an AIDS joke in 2023. Yes, you can. You just have to make it in a non-problematic way. And that's the assignment. Mm-hmm. Good luck. So that concludes our episode on woke culture. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Big Empty Purse. Tweet us, message us, let us know what topics you'd like to hear us cover in the future. Next time, if we haven't been canceled because of this episode, we'll be talking about a topic that's to be determined. But I think we'll survive. So show up next time, and it's going to be a great time. Until then, good luck. <laughs>